How's it going? Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today we have special guest Brett Stewart from Capital Gains Tax Solutions here. And today we're going to talk about how to avoid capital gains tax, defer it, and how to make more money per sale. Talk about 1031 exchange, deferred sales trust, and what that all means. Thanks so much, Brett, for being on our show. Matthew, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about this. I know this is a category not everyone's too familiar with. Um, even some top producing agents haven't heard of what is a deferred sales trust. So today we want to we dive in and learn more about how to use these kinds of exemptions or deferments to benefit uh, people who want to buy, sell, and you know invest into real estate. So I look forward to talking to you about that. But first, uh, how did you even get started into uh, tax? Great question. So growing up in the Bay Area uh, in Cal Northern California, and I learned about real estate at a young age and uh, that love for real estate. My dad was a, uh, a developer of single family homes, custom homes, and I call it the MC Hammer days, right? Where, where it was the, it was the 80s and uh, we learned how to work hard and how to be an entrepreneur, my brother and I, and we fell in love with real estate. So he studied real estate in, in college and I kind of followed a little bit in his footsteps and, and that I took an internship at a company called Marcus and Millichap and became a real estate, commercial real estate agent here in Northern California, helping people buy and sell multifamily property. And during that time though, Matthew, it was not easy. You know, I started out in 2006 and where things were going very, very well with commercial real estate brokers and with uh, the real estate um, marketplace, right? Especially as, a, as an agent or a broker. And um, just when I started to get some momentum, and as, as anyone who's listening to this, if you're in the real estate industry, it's 100% commission, no salary, no benefits. It's sink or swim, especially commercial. It can be pretty brutal. And so I was there and just started to get some momentum. I was newly married and uh, my wife and I had a baby on the way and trying to make it in the business. Very, uh, it was very, things were very tight started to get some momentum and then the 2008 crash hit and when that hit it, it felt like a ton of bricks and i don't know if you've ever been uh, so dedicated to your craft and so in love with it but at the same time not you know producing or making uh, money and that's what it felt like in during that time for me and i saw big agents you know go from making a million a year to like zero and so i'm i'm still pretty young and but i did what every good entrepreneur or, or a real estate agent who has a dream wants to continue to go you go and figure out a way to keep uh, keep the dream alive. And so by nights um, I, or by day, I'd be making cold calls at Marcus and Illichap. And by nights, I'd be working at a, at, a, at a place called Cheesecake Factory. That was our wife's and I's favorite yeah. restaurant. And um, so we, we moved in with my brother in a small condo. Everyone's telling me, go get a real job. And I said, but I love what I do. I want to learn. I want to grow. And I have great mentors and great training. And so I just kept pushing, I kept pushing, I kept pushing. But during that time as well, when I was going through the financial struggles and the hardships, so are my clients. And my clients are going through, some of them losing, friends, family, and clients losing half of their wealth in real estate or losing everything. And the biggest thing we found was they had overpaid in the 04, 05, 06, 07 market before the crash. You see, they had done what's called a 1031 exchange. And they had you know, sold high and bought higher 180 days later. And they had taken on too much debt and they had not diversified. And then when the music stopped in 08, they were left fighting with the banks. And so that's what I spent basically between 2008 and 2011 is helping my clients negotiate with the banks, helping them come with creative solutions for their multifamily properties. Um, as well, by night, I would work at Cheesecake Factory. And so it was a humbling experience, but also one of the best times to grow. 
And just when my everything was kind of tiltering, uh, to answer your actual question, my manager at Marcus and Millichap brought in a gentleman to speak on this tax deferral strategy that was an alternative to a 1031 exchange. And like most of your listeners now who are listening to this, they're going to say, that seems too good to be true. Uh, why don't we know about this? You're telling me we can save a failed 1031 exchange, that they could have sat on the sidelines, all tax deferred, they could have been out of debt, and they could have waited. And that's exactly what he told us in 2009. And so that began my journey of testing what he was saying. I like to say I'm more like a tortoise rather than the hare, but I continue, I like to take something and really improve it over time. And so as I asked more questions, as I learned, as I actually understood the strategy, I started to apply it to my clients. I started to get more referrals. I started to send him more referrals. I started to grow my business. And so fast forward, uh, my wife and I live here in Sacramento, California, and we have five kids and she's been able to stay home full time with all of our kids. And I now use the Deferred Sales Trust to help uh, real estate brokers. I train them on how to explode their business and not have to have their clients feel trapped by capital gains tax with the 1031 exchange. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. And congrats on having five kids. And first and foremost, that's a lot of, uh, you're, you're a busy guy. And on top of doing that and taking care of your family and working and, you know, before and during the dot-com crash, having, you know, to do two jobs and it's definitely tough to manage all of that and to see, but that's the way you grow, right? You really learn from all the hard life failures of things uh, part, you know, just in terms of economy, not you personally, just the way things are working, but to go through that and pass through it and keep learning that knows you can see your leadership and your strength through that. Right. Appreciate that. Exactly. Right. Right. And that's where we grow the most. I actually, it's a blessing to go through that, uh, part of the marketplace because it really forced me to focus on the fundamentals of commercial real estate brokerage, of thinking outside the box, of adding value to clients. And one of my mentors said it well, the moment you start adding, you know as much about your client's property and the location is the moment you start adding value, right? As before, when I was brand new calling people, you're kind of just learning. But as soon as you know more about the rents, you know more about the sales comps, you know more about what's going on in the lending world, you know more about how to negotiate and the trends that are going on is the moment you start adding value. And I apply that same concept to tax deferral. The moment you know something more than just, you know, what everyone knows, which is the 1031, you know about the deferred sales trust, all of a sudden you can uh, separate yourself from the competition and really solve what your clients are looking for. And that, that we can talk about here in a minute if you'd like. Yeah, I definitely want to jump into that. And I completely agree with you. You know, adding a lot of value to your clientele helps because, for example, as a real estate agent, you might just say, hey, I'm here to help you buy and sell real estate. But when you start adding to it, becoming more like, for example, an advisor, a um, real estate advisor. So you're doing saying things like, hey, I, you know, I'm learning about 1031 exchanges. I'm learning about the lending process. I'm learning about the first sales trust. I'm helping you build your real estate portfolio, helping you accumulate real estate assets, showing you how to invest in create strategies, whether through house hacking, flipping, uh, buying multi-unit buildings, which is my favorite, apartment buildings is my favorite, learning how to 1031 exchange it. And in during the 1031 exchanges, option is a deferred sales trust. So let's talk about what is a deferred sales trust uh, first and foremost. So it's a manufactured installment sales. It's like a specialized seller carryback. So um, if, if you, um, in today's market, let's say you had a $10 million property and you had a zero basis, you have a couple options to defer tax. One is the 1031, right? You send the funds to a QI and you buy another property within 180 days. But another one is what's called a seller carryback, where you can actually carry paper for that new buyer and you're in a deferral state for whatever you carry back. So imagine, uh, Matthew, you're buying it from me for 10 million. You could come with a zero down payment 
and you can ask me to carry all 10 million and you can buy that on a prom, uh, on a on a note, right? You owe me that. Well, that 10 million is in a deferral state. So that's what we do with the deferred sales trust, except we actually ask Matthew to come with the full 10 million and we have the trust jumping right in between. And the seller, me, ends up selling it uh, to the trust first, and then the trust sells it to you. And we do it in that order. When you do that, it unlocks what I call transformational exit planning. There's really three secrets to this. It's the three secrets of an optimal timing transformational uh, exit plan. It gives the seller the opportunity to sit on the sidelines, all tax deferred, without ever having to be forced to overpay for a 1031 property ever again. So that's the short answer, and we can dig into some more as, yeah. as you have questions here. Okay, let's dig into that too, because you know, for example, let's say we're talking to a uh, a first-time investor who bought a single-family home or a multi-unit home, regardless of pricing. So first, when they talk to agents, say, "Hey, I'm thinking about selling this, um, and it's an investment property, so you're renting it out, and you hope that okay, well, what are your options?" So the first option you talk about is okay, 1031 exchange. What does that mean? It means that when you're selling your property investment property, you can exchange it for like kind, right? And you talk to your 1031 exchange lawyer about this, your CPA, but what you're trying to do is sell your property, take the money uh, from the property and move it to the next property without taking any money to your pocket. And by doing that, you're exchanging the property, tax deferring it to your new property and keeping uh, part of that part of the basis, right? And you're increasing, hopefully buying like kind of value. Uh, but let's say, for example, in the 1031 exchange, there's certain timeline windows. You know, for example, you have 180 day, you have a 45 day window to identify, you have a 180 day window to close it. But let's say in the first 45 days, you don't find a property, you don't get in contract and you are getting stuck. So your last resort, your next resort would be uh, a deferred sales trust, right? And then- yeah. So let's walk through the comparison, right? Because that's yeah. the biggest question. Like, why use a DST? Why use a 1031? Let's compare and contrast the two. Yeah. So I like to use the analogy blockbuster versus Netflix, okay? So there's an old way of doing things and there's a new way, okay? So first of all, the Deferred Sales Trust has been around for 25 years, thousands of closes, has a perfect track record with the IRS. So for a minute, let's just take it and just say it's 100% legal. Um, mm-hmm. And now let's just focus on the actual nuts and bolts of what it's going to provide for, for your clients, okay? So in the old blockbuster, right? Do you remember going, uh, Matthew, to blockbuster? and you'd show up on a Friday night and you had that movie you really wanted to rent and you walk over to the end of the aisle about to grab it but just before someone steps in front of you and takes it from that cardboard box and now you're out of the movie and you're frustrated but even if you got that movie Matthew um, and remember you had to drive there in the rain and park and wait in the line and even if you got it and you rented it you have three days to return it and and then you have to if you get a penalty if you don't well that's like the 1031 Okay. It's, I don't it's, think most of us actually realize that because we're, we're kind of too young to be a blockbuster at that time to rent. I don't know how old you are, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. I'm 37, born okay. in the 80s, right? So we're like prime, prime blockbuster days. Okay. So, But yeah. you can imagine, right, having to run a video, walking in and doing that, right? And it was, it was completely, um, you know, old way of doing things. And then something came along called the Netflix, right? So, well, that's like, the, first of all, that's like the 1031. The 1031 is very restrictive. You have to buy and you have to, yeah, like you said, trade or invest into another investment like kind property within 180 days. And you have to identify within 45. Realize that the 1031 only works for investment property. It doesn't work for high-end primary homes like the Deferred Sales Trust does. For example, we just did a deal in Palo Alto for an $8.3 million sale for uh, what was the number one Keller Williams agent uh, multiple times um, in, uh, in, uh, years ago um, for Silicon Valley. And he's one of the top, top sellers in Silicon Valley, um, especially Palo Alto. He did it for his own house. And this is his quote. He goes, he's now a client of mine. He goes, Brett, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I've never seen anything like this. 
Um, you're telling me I can defer tax on the sale of my primary home, not using a 1031. Um, as a, another um, kind of reminder, if you've lived there two of the last five years or any of your clients have of a primary home, you get a 250 exclusion on the gain or 500 if you're married. But above and beyond that, he had a huge capital gains tax. And yeah. so he, he literally the deal was going to fall apart. It was not going to work except for the deferred sales trust. We deferred a huge, huge amount of capital gains tax, and he was able to actually sell the deal. The realtor was actually able to get a commission. Right? Escrow was actually able to get paid. Otherwise, the whole deal would have fell apart. So that's the power of the deferred sales trust, whereas the 1031, guess what? It doesn't work for primary homes. Yeah, right? it, it only works for investment property. So that's the first biggest thing to really take from this for realtors or commercial real estate agents who are listening to this. The second thing is the sell high, buy higher with 180 days later. That's like Blockbuster, right? Our parents, parents taught us to sell high and buy low. They didn't teach us to sell high and buy higher 180 days later. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the best story I have for this is in 2006, uh, my business partner closed this deal. And this is a deferred, we call it the Monday morning quarterback. This gentleman owned a commercial real estate property in Minnesota across the street from the, from the Viking Stadium. And it was a $20 million asset. And he was selling it, looking around for a 1031, couldn't make any sense of, of the deal. So what did he do? He did a deferred sales trust for the first time. You see, he didn't want to sell high and buy higher. He wanted to sell high, sit on the sidelines, which he did in the deferred sales trust, and wait, and wait patiently. And it took a number of years. In fact, he waited five years, Matthew. And within five years, the bank called him and said, hey, you know that property you sold for $20 million? Yeah. Well, we just foreclosed on it from the buyer who bought it from you. Hmm. We're just curious. Would you be interested in buying it back? He goes, well, maybe. What's the price? They said, well, 40% less than what you bought it for or what you sold it for. Sure. So he bought it through his deferred sales trust at 60 cents on the dollar, all tax deferred. So he sold high, Matthew, what? And he bought low. Yep. Wow. What a, what a, what a great concept, right? That's Rather it. than like the 04, 05, 06 market, and even what's going on right now, and you're selling high and you're buying higher, right? So that's what the deferred sales trust allows you to do, to trade time. Okay, because you can always make and break money. You can make and break businesses, right? But you can't break time. Time is the one commodity that we all have to live under. But as real estate professionals and as real estate investors, because I personally invest in multifamily, senior housing, um, uh, mixed use, I'm moving into mobile home parks and I raise money for those two. Love right. all of that. We know when it's a seller's market. We know right now, California, it's all-time highs, low inventory. The best time to sell is right now, low interest rates. Um, but it also means it's not a good time to buy, right? So that's that's really the most important thing with the deferred sales trust is the timing one. And the last one I'll leave with you versus the Blockbuster Netflix is this. And Blockbuster for 1031 exchange, it's equal or greater value. And it's typically you're trading one asset for another asset, right? Which also means equal or greater debt, okay? So why sell high, buy higher with equal or greater debt and take on all this risk and not have what's called diversification? Okay, diversification, we believe, is one of the best, best things to have right now, given the market conditions of all-time high and given um, a lot of their clients, who a lot of them could be baby boomers, they've made their wealth and they're looking for more simplicity and they're looking for more diversification. So with the 1031 exchange, it's typically one asset for another asset, typically in the same asset class in the same town and you have all the debt. Well, in the deferred sales trust, guess what? You can put it, the funds into stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You can put it into passive or active real estate. 
you could do um, equal or greater value or you could do less value, right? There's no requirements. In other words, it's the Netflix way of doing things. You can diversify, you can be tax deferred, you can also be liquid. The funds don't have to be tied up into a real estate asset where you have no liquidity. And when you do all of those things and you combine those for clients, you provide what's called transformational exit planning. And when you do that, like you said, you become a real estate advisor and not just a transaction agent. Okay. And that'll separate you from your competition and that'll help you add value. And guess what? You'll get more referrals. So this is what we help agents do. Nice. I really like that a lot. And that's a lot of great information about diverse sales trust versus the 10 exchange, how to utilize it. And one of the key points you mentioned at first is you can do it on your primary property as well. So let's talk about a couple of things that you talked about at first. How do you, why is it okay to do a um, deferred sales trust on your primary property? Because usually you have the capital gains exemption, 250, 500K, single married. Uh, but you're saying, for example, one of your clients, you know, they sold an $8.5 million property. That would be, imagine if they bought a long time ago, the gain would be in the millions. How do you, are you able to defer sales trust that property? Great question. Um, first of all, I'm going to give you two deal stories. One was one of the largest uh, um, deferred sales trust for a primary home was in Newport Beach. Couples married, getting a divorce. They have a $26 million sale. They have $6 million of liability. Okay. They're, they're right on the beach. Okay. They had no 1031 option because it's a primary home. So they had their 121 exclusion. They use the deferred sales trust and they move all of the proceeds into the deferred sales trust. And they're still tax deferred to this day. The second one, I actually recently just closed. You can look it up. It was in Montecito and it's um, it's a, a 40, uh, around $44.5 million primary home. You can look that up. Look up Montecito, $45 million deal. That was also a deferred sales trust. Okay, so the, the answer is this. Instead of taking what's called actual or constructive receipt, Matthew, the funds are sent to the trust, okay? And think of it like a 1031 exchange, okay? If you could do a 1031 for a primary, what would you do? Instead of the funds coming directly to your hands, you send it to this third-party, unrelated 1031 company where those where the funds are held, right? Well, in this scenario, you're just sending it to the third-party, unrelated, deferred sales trust. That's our company, Capital Gains Tax Solutions Company. We're the trustee for it. And we keep, we're like the custodian. We're kind of like a 401k. We're kind of like a SEP IRA or an IRA. We're kind of like a 1031. We're kind of like a lot of things. But the key is the money's not touching your hands. We've just done with an installment sale. You just carried back. Another way to think about it, you if you have a primary home right now, you could do a seller carry back for somebody. IRC 453 is not IRC 1031. They're separate tax codes. Again, Blockbuster Netflix. They're completely different rules. So the key is not having the funds directly hit your hands but instead going to a third party. So that's how we perfect it. Hopefully that answers the question. And that completely does. So yeah, basically either way you do 1031 change or diverse sales trust, the number one issue is do not let the money touch your hands. That's where you get taxed on. So if the money is passed to a third party, such as a 1031 exchange company, intermediary, or such as capital gains tax solution, where it's a diverse sales trust, they're holding your money. But now you have the option to have them help you as a custodian to manage that money in terms of different ways to classify your asset. So what that means is, okay, now you have the choice to have your money there and you can put it into different allocations such as, like you said, stocks, mutual funds, uh, even other investments such as syndications or multifamily properties, or yeah. just hold money and let it sit there, right? 
Absolutely. I'll give you a deal story. We just did a $7.6 million deal in Georgia for a client. He lives in San Rafael, California. He's done hundreds of properties. His name's Dave. You can actually go to my website and you can, uh, Capital Gains Tax Solutions, you can watch him uh, tell his story. But we saved his failed 1031 exchange. We helped him pay off four and a half million of debt and move about three million or so into the trust. So now he's debt free. And what the, his biggest thing was he was looking around, and this is during COVID 19. This is right at the crash. His money is sitting at the QI company. He's looking at these four and a half, five percent cap rate deals, Matthew. And he's going, this doesn't make any sense. I know it's a seller's market. Why am I going to overpay and take on all this debt? Yeah. He met with me a year before that. So he goes, I'm doing a deferred sales trust. So he moved the funds in there and he put 2 million with a group that we use out of uh, Northern California uh, who has multifamily over 100,000 units of management and or ownership over 30 years. Wow. And they, but they don't buy in California. They're smart. They buy in um, other parts of the United States. Multifamily. And they also do like a lending fund where they lend the funds out as well. To to um, And so you could, he put that you know, the deferred sales trust put that in there for him. So he, uh, and he's passing now. He's also a baby boomer. And baby boomer is really important to understand. It's part of the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet is going on right now. In fact, according to the American Bankers Association, there's about 17 to $20 trillion that will pass from the next 20 years, pass from our parents, Matthew, to us, okay? And they're faced with toilets, trash, liability, and 30 to 50% of capital gains tax if they sell their high-end primary home, business or commercial real estate without using a tax deferral strategy. And they're looking for what? Liquidity, diversification, the ability to be active or passive, and the ability to control how and when they receive the funds without being hammered by tax. And so that's what Dave did. He wants to spend more time with his with his family, less time with the headaches, be more passive. And then he's also going to put some of it into the stock market as well. So it's a mix between what you like to put it into and uh, what your risk tolerance is. But we have a dream team. We have, um, in fact, my business partner, he's amazing. He played for the 49ers um, back in the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice days. And uh, he manages the money on the financial advising side. And then I'm the trustee. But together with the tax attorneys, we, we customize a plan for the client. And uh, that's hopefully that answers the question. That does. That definitely helps a lot. So people can see, find another solution. So basically what you want to do is work with really good real estate advisors who are helping you create investment strategies to to learn what's the best way to do. If you want to do something that you want to change, be an active manager, manage property, try to grow the equity, or you want to become more passive, or you want to hold. And one way is to hold or diversify within DST, Diverse Sales Trust, and then have options. But you're not locked in by the timing of a 1031. So you have more room to breathe, especially in a high market where it's a seller's market. You know, great sell. What are you going to do and how do you hold, right? And wait. And even to relocate to different areas and have more time say, to start investing in other states without the worry of the 45-day window. So how does the cost structure work? And how does that compare? Because 1031 exchanges, for example, the lawyer fees are pretty cheap, but the difference is the window, timing a window, and to find a, identify a property in a high market, it's hard. So how does a deferred sales trust work? Yeah, absolutely. So a 1031 is like about 750 bucks to yep. 1000 bucks. It's a commodity. Everyone knows that there's 5,000 QI companies. You know, everyone can do it. The deferred sales trust is unique. There's literally one tax uh, uh, attorney firm who does these. And then there's just a, um, a few trustees and then there's, um, and the, but we have thousands of partners across the U S with financial advisors, CPAs, uh, tax attorneys that we work with. Um, so we, it's about 1.5% on the sales price and then about 1.5% recurring, um, up to 2%, depending on how and where the funds are managed and depending on the size of the deal. So for example, we're working on a large tech sale right now out of, uh, central California and it's around the $20 million range. And uh, up to um, depending on how much he wants to put in. 
And so we're going to defer his tax. And what's cool about that too, he's taking a non-like kind property, a business, and he's going to put into the deferred sales trust. And then guess what? He's going to go buy some single family home rentals and maybe buy some multifamily property, right? So that's pretty cool too, because it's, it's kind of like 1031 a business into this without having to pay the tax through the deferred sales trust. Now, um, on his deal, um, once those funds go, if they're that high, right, we lower we lower our fees. In that deal, it's like around 1.33%. So it depends on how and where the funds are managed and what you choose because different investments have different costs, okay? But, um, but the savings for in that particular deal, I think is around $10 million of liability. So the math is really simple. We say, okay, you're selling your, your business or so for 20 plus million. We're going to save you around 10 million of liability. Do you want to use our structure and pay some small fees, right? And then defer all the rest and grow that. Uh, or do you want to pay the tax? We look at the taxes as a fee. It's a tax that's gone forever. So um, once they see that and if the liability is big enough, it, it's just a mathematical equation. It's actually really simple. Once you, you go, okay, well, how are the funds invest it? How do I know they're protected? Who's the team that's helping me? You knock those three questions out, then it's a no-brainer. So um, hopefully that answers the question. It does answer the question because basically the way we want to look at it is this. If you have a property, for example, let's just say easy numbers, you're making 500000 or a million dollars net income. And if you were to take a tender exchange and fail and not buy another property, you're going to get taxed on a million dollars net gain, for example. But that's a lot of money to be taxed on. Let's, ima let's imagine just 25%, 250,000 tax. Or you can put the money into a deferred sales trust and say, I'm going to pass the million there. Now it's going to sit there. I am going to take a, a fee to manage the money because it's active management in terms of your financing and also to use that money to strategize the way to buy and invest into other properties. And that money, say, for example, 1.5%. What's 1.5% a million? Pretty much nothing compared to a straight uh, uh, tax penalty or paying 250,000 or more, right? That's a huge or even worse. You overpay for a property, you take on all this debt, and then you lose everything, or you lose half, or you're fighting with the banks, right? And you're dealing with the toilets, the trash, the liability, and you're looking to retire from all of that, right? You're looking to create more wealth. And so there's so many reasons why the deferred sales trust again is the Netflix versus the old blockbuster. But to answer your question even more, I call it it's our secret number three, my number one wealth building hack: how to get your deferred sales trust to work in your favor and become an investment rather than an expense. Okay. And the first thing to this is understanding depreciation schedules. So if you own multifamily, for example, for 27 and a half years, you have what's called a zero depreciation schedule. Well, guess what? If you do a 1031 exchange with that property, you, your old depreciation schedule travels. That's not good. So let's say you bought a property for 10 million, uh, Matthew, or so, and then you did accelerate depreciation, you, you depreciate it to zero. Well, if you sell and just go buy another property at 10 million, guess what? you have a zero depreciation schedule. In other words, you only get more depreciation for above and beyond what you sold it for, okay? And this scenario with the deferred sales trust, we can put it in there and then we can go buy that same property and guess what? We get a brand new depreciation schedule. So this is the number one way to make your deferred sales trust an investment rather than an expense. So that one and a half percent means nothing if I can get a full depreciation schedule on a $10 million deal. Um, that's amazing, right? So that's Netflix versus <laughs> Blockbuster. The next one is this, it's called the net income tax advantage. So you might be earning, I actually have a client in Sacramento. He has, I, he, I'm still trying to, um, to convince him. He's, he's still, he still likes going to Blockbuster and you know buying the movie and, and putting the video into thing. And so he's not quite a believer in the deferred sales trust yet, but he goes, Brett, I have $10 million property. It's a multifamily property. I have a zero basis. I have $500,000 of cash flow. And I'm paying all this tax on. I can't, I can't, I can't depreciate it and, and offset the uh, offset the income. And I go, I, I know Perry. 
uh, I go, why don't we do a deferred sales trust and go buy a brand new property and get a full depreciation schedule? And then guess what? We can we can do cost seg on that. We can offset that. Wow, and that pays for itself, right? Because you're not paying all that tax on that 500 anymore. And he goes, that makes sense. And I go, yep. So we'll see if he does it. But the last part of this too is you can turn off the spigot, meaning the income from the trust that it's producing, and most of our notes are structured at 8% interest, net of recurring fees over a 10-year period of time. And then you can renew for 10 years, renew, 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 give it to your kids and your kids can keep going as well. Um, but you don't have to take that income. In other words, think of it like a 401k. You can park it into this trust, not take any income. There's no minimum required distributions. And, uh, and until you start taking income from the trust, will you pay tax? And so that's a, a nice benefit to this as well, which could lower your tax bracket, right? Because if you're married, let's say at 250,000 per year in California, and you have an asset that's producing an extra 100,000, well, if I can now sell that asset, move it into the deferred sales trust, and that hundred thousand dollars just let it compound. Guess what? I just lowered down maybe to two fifty or lower. So this is another way to make it an investment rather than an expense. So you want to, you know, if you're interested, get with our team, and we'll walk you through all that. Nice. So that's a great point too. You mentioned that you can park your money into the DST and then have the even the income coming in from the property to be held by you guys and not touch. So you're not taking personal income on it and not paying your taxes on it, especially if you're making high income already, and you're already in a high tax bracket and you're trying to lower your tax bracket. And you're yeah. also waiting until you're like, hey, I'm going to retire in a couple of years. Why don't I just wait? I don't need the money. But when I wait and I, I stop my job, I retire and yeah. your income can, you can slowly push the money in while staying in a lower tax bracket. You nailed it. And then let's imagine you move out of California and you move to somewhere like Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a Texas or a different place where you, or Florida. And all of a sudden you establish residency there. And so you had turned the spigot off. It had just been frozen and it just, you're just compounding and building and you establish residency. And like you said, perhaps you retire from your day job, right? Um, and now that income goes to zero. Now we turn it on, right? When it makes sense. So yeah, it's, it's really powerful what it can do. And another point to it too, you just mentioned as like moving. So for example, if you are thinking about strategies and moving, one strategy is too, that what's the tax tax rates in that particular state? And if you find one that's way lower and you want to be there and you wait and you turn off the spigot until you get there, then you can get that benefit as well. I think one main point of this too is that it's not only about making money and just creating a buying an asset, making some money. How do you use tax strategies as an advantage to make net more money into your pocket, whether netting more money now today or passing it off, deferring it to a later point, but knowing the total net is going to be way greater. Why work so hard and pay Uncle Sam all the taxes, right? When you can actually find ways uh like DST to, you know, pocket the money in the long term. Precisely. And you said something about holding the money into your DST and that 8%, is that a fee or is that 8% um, income, compounding income? Uh, yeah, so, remember, so remember the structure itself. You became the lender, Matthew. Yep. Imagine it's your deal, right? You, you're like the chairman of the bank and and you you sold your property, let's say for 10 million, and you but you carried back 100% financing. So what's owed to you is 10 million minus some of the fees at closing, right? Plus an 8% compounding rate of return. How do we determine that 8%? Well, it's based upon your risk tolerance. You fill out this a two-page questionnaire. There's no wrong answers. And it could be seven or six. It could be five. Uh, literally, I think most of my clients, 99% are at 8% net of fees. Some are at seven. Um, and that's net of all recurring fees is the goal, not guaranteed over a 10-year period of time. So that one and a half or so per year, up to maybe two, we're hoping to, let's say, earn 10% to net Matthew eight over 10 years. So 
that's that's that interest rate. You are the bank. We basically the trust basically borrowed that from you. And then as a team, we're like, hey, Matthew, we need to go invest these funds because it owes it to you. You have the approval of where and how the funds are invested. So you say, uh, we present an allocation to you and say, what do you think? You can either approve or disapprove. We present another one. You approve or you disapprove. Um, and then we work together. You find a real estate deal. Wow, Matthew, you want to manage it and own it yourself? Go for it. The only restriction is you can't take all 100% of that 10 million. We got to keep some liquidity on the trust. Mm-hmm. So eight, eight, 80% about can go into like your own real estate deal or with some partners or whatever. This other 20, we got to stay in there. It's still earning interest. It's still invested in you know, investment grade securities from the best, biggest companies in the world, which by the way, we should speak to that too. Part of the dream team is you get some groups that are amazing uh, opportunity to manage the funds, and including my uh, my business partner, he has connections with some folks like some former guys from Pimco, and Pimco used to be, and I think is one of the largest money managers in the world. And four of their five um, um, team members um, who helped build it um, from about um, 80, 90 billion to 1.2 trillion, they retired, and then they they joined and they, they they added another group. They retired from Pimco. And then they started another group out of Southern California, and they're a part of our kind of our um, advisory team to help manage the money. So you have some really smart, connected people who have established relationships, have done the due diligence on us and the structure and the strategy to help. You know what you want to do um, with your wealth is you want to surround yourself with people that are as smart or smarter than you when it comes to uh, managing and helping you build your wealth. And that's hopefully that's what we try to provide on every single client deal. Nice. And I completely agree. You always want to work with people uh, like you or smarter than you, hopefully. And you always want to be surrounded by great mentors who are helping you grow and watching out for your wealth and building it, especially when they have a great track record to do that. And yeah, using 80% of your funds actively, if you choose to, or just keeping it there passively and even investing to syndications too, uh, you know, as an active or passive syndicator, then that's another way to add into it. And I guess one difference too, is you mentioned the 8% and are you putting the money into a syndication or are you guys putting, uh, put into your own investments? So both. The answer is both. You can do both. And so um, depending if you want to be active or passive, if you want to be active, you form a brand new LLC, like the Minnesota deal I was telling you about. He bought it back. He formed a new LLC. He JV partnered with the trust, put the down payment into the tr- into the LLC and bought the property, all tax deferred. But he was managing and owning it the same way he would have been had he done a 1031 exchange to another property. And so that's the active way that we do that. Passive, the trust itself would just you know uh, invest to this passive deal. And then the um, the interest and the um, you know the the profits would just fall back into the trust, which and then would just flow to you based upon the pay- payment schedule. So, so they can earn equity in that for the investing strategy. For example, they're going into you're taking some of the money you're putting into a syndication. Syndication is, for, for example, is giving you a preferred eight percent return. They're giving you like a different split, maybe seven thirty seventy thirty split, and you can earn on that as well. And put yeah, it back the yeah, you can earn on all of it, and so um, it's it's uh, it's. It's um it's it's very flexible and um it just every deal is deal specific and we just want to make sure if you're active or passive and again you connect with us we'll go through those particulars based upon everyone's circumstance. Nice, that's a that's a lot of different things to think about and how you can utilize this. And I think one of the parts of it is just educating educating um you know owners about options. So for example, the you know most common option is just buy and sell real estate and just pay your taxes. Or some people say, hey, actually, there's way more to that. And you really need to understand and we can teach you about that. There's 1031 exchange options as one. If you want to be active, there's DST as another. And there may be even be other ones that we don't talk about, right? But at the yeah. same time, understanding the strategies is the most important. 
Yeah, we talked about a couple of just people don't get confused. There's a thing called a Delaware statutory trust. It's also a DST. It's not a deferred sales trust. It's just another form of a 1031. There's a thing called an opportunity zone, which we like if you can find a deal that makes sense. It's not overpriced. There's this thing called a charitable remainder trust. If you want to give it all the way to charity or a big percentage of it, you can use that. Um, and of course, there's the 1031 exchange. Those are the main ones that we use. And then, of course, our favorite is the deferred sales trust, which is our specialty. But we will help you. Here's the cool thing, Matthew. If anyone's out there, our minimum is about a million dollars net equity and about about a $500,000 gain at least to make it make sense uh, to do a free consultation. Um, we'll, we'll walk you through if it makes sense or not. We have a whole, by the way, if you're, if you're a business professional, we've got um, DST calculator landing pages where you can... You can at no cost get a landing page and you can start having potential clients and targets sent there and enter in their deal information. And it gives a side-by-side comparison of use the deferred sales trust or just pay the tax. So there's lots of ways to get clarity on this, but the key is early. You want to make sure you're educating early because if the deal closes, the money hits the account, it's too late. Unless it's a QI company, if the money's there, then we can still save a failed 1031. However, you want to make sure you're working with a QI company that allows both strategies. Because guess what? Most 1031 exchange companies don't want you to know about this, right? And most uh, most commercial real estate brokers, unfortunately, either don't want you to know or don't know about this because they want to keep you, the client, in what's called the 1031, um, I call it um, a race, right? By the way, I'm a commercial real estate broker. I do 1031s with clients. I just don't have, I haven't done a lot of them recently because the prices are so high. Um, <laughs> so uh Nothing wrong with uh, with with uh, doing 1031s if the deal makes sense, if you can find it. But the key is give your clients options. And when you do that, you create value. And when you create value, you grow your business. Perfect. I, I love that. There's so many benefits and so many things to think about. And one great way is to reach out to you guys to figure out the solutions and knowing the fact that, hey, you should have around a million dollar net equity gain. Uh, sorry, 500K gain in a million dollars net equity in total. So you can figure out what's the next strategy to utilize that. And that's part of the cost structure. So you understand you're making you're using that to make money. And it, it makes sense. It makes total sense because that's, you're giving the people options to move the money in different allocations. Uh, what are the kind of like overlooked benefits people see about that? Or, or what are the cons about um, DSTs that people should be aware of? Great question. We'll do the overlooked benefits. One of the overlooked benefits is what it works for. So it not only works for, remember, for primary homes, investment real estate, it works for business sales. It also works for artwork and collectibles and also works for highly appreciated public or private stock. It also works for, guess what? Cryptocurrency, okay? Guess what? A 1031 does not work for any of those except for investment real estate, okay? So realize that there's a whole area here of different different um, asset types that it works for, okay? Um, the cons would be, um, um, you know, ongoing fees, right? That's probably the biggest thing. Um, and so the biggest thing we, we want to educate people is, look, we want to hopefully net 8% net over the recurring fees over any 10-year period of time. One of the biggest misconceptions is, well, well, what if I go buy real estate? You're telling me I'm capped at eight? No, we can get up to 98% of the upside on any any, any active real estate deal that you buy. Um, and you can also buy an option too, that if the trust outperforms and goes you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%, that you can also get all of that carved out back. So it just, you want to make sure you get with us early. Um, the other one would be, I would say, um, my CPA's never heard of it, right? Too good to be true. Am I taking a risk? Um, well, the neat part is that the tax attorneys with the Deferred Sales Trust, um, our business partners, they provide audit defense, lifetime audit defense, and they have a perfect track record with the IRS. 
25 years, thousands of closes, and they will they will provide at no additional cost um, state or federal a tax return uh, or, or IRS audit uh, defense. Um, so no additional cost to you there. That's a part of their one-time fee, which is about one and a half percent to set it all up. Um, that's really, honestly, the 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 cons um, on those two would just be the ongoing fees and is it legal, but we have the audit defense. And then we say, hopefully you're going to out earn with all of the other benefits. Um, other than that, we, um, every deal is specific, right? If you can actually find a deal, again, that makes sense for a 1031, then obviously, do a 1031, right? Do that because you found a good deal and it's much cheaper to do it that way. Oh, what I will leave with you is what's called the stepped up basis. Okay. So in a, in a, in a regular, if you maintain ownership, you can die. And as the laws are today, and that might change with Biden and might change in the future. So don't count on this for sure, but you can do what's called a, a, you can swap until you drop and then, um, drop until you swap, drop and swap. And when you do that, your kids can get what's called a stepped up basis. So imagine you had a zero basis, Matthew, and you had a $10 million asset and you were waiting, 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 and then you died and your kids inherited that. Guess what? Their basis gets stepped up to 10 million. They could sell and they could walk away capital gains tax free. Whereas the deferred sales trust, you, you don't um, get that stepped up basis. However, your kids could step into your shoes and they can, they can receive the promise or not and keep the tax deferral going. So it's kind of chicken or the egg. Remember, we also get a brand new depreciation schedule along the way whereas the 1031 doesn't. So again, you got to weigh pros and cons, but if for some reason your health is, you know, on the edge and you, you, it could be something where, you know, we've turned deals away where we say your health is, you know, they tell us our health is challenged. Don't just do a DST because you you could close, you can very closely get a stepped up basis for your kids. So I'll pause there. Hopefully that made sense. Uh, it does. It does to me, but uh, for others out there too, you know, what I think, comes to point is that you want to really talk to experts about this to figure out if you're making, especially if you're making that much money on a net gain, you really want to be open-minded to learn about the different strategies and figure out what's the best tax solution. And I think a part of that is to compare too. Like for example, like you talked about health, you talked about time, talked about um, stepped up basis, which means that your kids could actually take over without paying tax and to a certain amount, but you need to have a full understanding. So I think talking to an expert team to run all the analysis for you to say, hey, based on your health, based on your age, based on what you want to do, your goals, here's the different options. And here's the ones you can kind of take an estimated calculation, but you can see which one's better for you. And being able to see that is so much more helpful than just someone telling you that doesn't work, that works, that doesn't work. And here's how much money you make. And some people are saying, just keep changing, stay on the ball, keep buying and selling. Some people will give you different options, but you need to know your options. And that's the hard part about people opening to say, hey, let me go learn about this. I don't have time. I don't want to know about it. It's too much information. But really, this is the benefit of the gains and not paying taxes, the benefit for your family overall. You're trying to create generational wealth. And that's hard, right? Why give it away? 100% spot on. Perfect. So um, before we wrap it up, you know, what? how do people get started into, when do they get started and how do they get started? Great question. So the first step is you go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. And again, if you hit those those minimums, then you have a million net uh, proceeds from a sale of an asset and at least a $500,000 gain. Then you can schedule a free one-on-one consultation with me and or my team. Um, and also, uh, second, uh, you can go to YouTube and just search Capital Gains Tax Solutions to get some more education. Um, I also give you a free ebook if you go to Capital Gains Tax Solutions. It's called the basically Sell Your uh, Real Estate or Business Smarter. Uh, and nine steps. And that's about a, uh, five, uh, about a six or seven page document that kind of walks you through 
um, all of the details we've talked about. And then if you're a business professional, you want to get started and, and use this strategy to, um, to add value, separate yourself and grow your business, you can go to experttaxsecrets.com. That's experttaxsecrets.com. And we have a coaching program. We have funnels. We have sales copy. We have educational content. We have a customized, you know, podcasts and webinars that we do with you to help help do the heavy lifting. Because the last thing we want this to do for a business professional is become a distraction, right? We want we want you to know that we can become an outer part of your team and we can strategically align and educate together. And when we do that, um, you add more value to your clients. You do more deals. The worst thing is not to take any action. Have your clients sell and pay a bunch of tax. Learn about this in the future. And then just call me directly. I'm like, hey, Matt, who do you know in the Bay Area who can sell, sell this? Who do you know in Southern California can sell this? Um, and you lose a client. We never want to do that. We want you to take action now, get the tools, get the information, align with us so that you can grow your business. That makes total sense. I think a lot of agents out there you know, need to learn about Defer Sales Trust, how to use it, how to work with you guys, how to uh, talk to their clients and how to understand it and what's the next steps for them, whether it's moving it that way and diversifying. But at the end of the day, helping your clients make more money and net more money in your pocket is the biggest thing. I think the reciprocal benefit is they're going to refer you a lot of business. They're going to, you know, you're going to become the advisor, the expert and guide all of their friends, especially ones who are selling a, such a high net worth property that here's what you do. Here's how you do it. Here's how, you know, Matt, the team, Brett saved you a lot of money, right? And moved it. It gives them a lot of opportunity. So what inspired you guys to like you talked about, I guess the inspiration is to helping your clients get through this and transform transformational exit plan for the clients, right? Yeah, you know, two inspirations, and the one the one biggest one it was like a random winter, you know, December day. This is like two thousand nine, you know, it was like just dreadful to be in the real estate brokerage business. I remember trying so hard on this big deal. It was a ten thirty one client, and the guy decided not to ten thirty one. I didn't get paid. My mentor was let down. I was let down. And I met Marcus and Milchap. And I got to the point where I'm just, I broke down and cried. Like, I don't cry, Matthew. I'm not a crier. Mm-hmm. The pressure and the stress. And I was just like, gosh, I just so hard want to, I just so, so want to make it in the business. And, and I just felt, uh, I just was like crushed that another deal fell apart. And so I don't want any broker out there to have to feel any kind of that uh, potential pain, right? When you don't have a solution for a client. Okay. And when you haven't had a chance to prepare and grow, uh, with something that's different. So that's the first one. The other one is the clients who call me and they're like, I just sold a property and I paid a million of tax. And I'm like, I, I want to pull my hair out because no matter what style to the aisle on the political side, there's so much money that's wasted, okay, where it could be used to give to charities that people believe in most. Not forcing you to give to charity, but by putting in the deferred sales trust, you can unlock capital, put it into an income stream that's coming in right away, which you could give to causes that you believe in most. Okay, so uh, part of what we believe in is giving back. Um, and then we believe in, in unlocking the capital for our clients to be able to give back what causes they believe in. Um, and that's a part of that 17 to $20 trillion. It's never happened in the history of the world, the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. And once you grasp how much of an opportunity as real estate professionals or financial advisors or business brokers listening to this, of what that means for us, we have an opportunity to help the baby boomers defer the tax, unlock that capital, give to causes they believe in versus giving it to a government that will waste away 30 to 50% of it really fast. There's about, I think, 25 to 27 trillion right now in debt. I stopped looking at it because it's kind of it's kind of really frustrating to look at. Kind of depressing. <laughs> doing that, use a legal tax deferral strategy such as the Deferred Sales Trust to change the world, change the world. And that's really what we're about. Cool. Uh, two more questions before we wrap up. 
what advice would you give to business professionals on first and foremost, how do you attract high net worth clients who can do a, D, a DST? And the second part is, of it is like, what advice do you have to have them talk about it to their clients to understand it and start to having conversations with you guys? Yeah, ask the right questions and help them develop a wealth plan or a vision for their wealth. And listen really closely for what they say. Like, for example, I have a gentleman, he's worth $40 million and he owns hundreds of properties in Northern California. And he's using the deferred sales for the first time for the sale of his 18 unit apartment complex in Sacramento. And his thing is like, Brett, I have all this wealth. I have next to no basis and I'm drowning in the toilets, trash liability. I'm drowning in the eviction laws and the rent control laws, all of this. He's like, I'm just ready to be done. And he found me about a year and a half ago and it took him a little while to chew on this thing, but we're closing the deal here in the next 30 days. And he's like, you don't know what this will do for my life. I'm moving to Lake Tahoe. I'm building a house and I'm just going to slowly sell all of these assets and just moving into this one trust to consolidate. And so by listening to what their challenges are, and again, having a viable solution, um, that is, that's it. We're just in the business of solving problems. We're really not in the business of selling real estate. We're in the business of solving problems for our clients. Real estate and sales is how we get paid and what we do. But you got to listen and then you got to be able to provide a solution. So that's the big, that's the biggest thing. Um, just like you learned about the 1031 exchange maybe five or 10 years ago when you first started in the business and now you have it down, learn about the deferred sales trust and have it down, present both options, let the client make the decision. But that's, that would be my biggest advice for, for business professionals. Great, great advice. I really agree with you. Like, you know, learning and sharing. So, you know, talking to clients, listening to what they want, what the goals are and finding a solution for them and working with the right expert team to help guide the, your client there to make sure they make the best decision for them and then just help them go from there. Great. So how do people actually reach out to you? Yeah, great. So uh, capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can go there right now or search it on YouTube. We also have a podcast. You can search and Matthew's going to be on the podcast soon. So look for that episode to drop. And then our experttaxsecrets.com for the business professionals to dive into the coaching program and see that offer there. Perfect. Thanks so much for being on our show today. I really appreciate it. We, we learned a lot. We shared a lot. I think everyone needs to listen to this at least, at least twice to really catch in the details of everything that we just talked about today and go from there and think about it and feel free to reach out to us uh, with any questions and let's see how we can help you. Your, your Matthew, team. We want to do an EXP plug, by the way, for all of those realtors that are listening. Um, um, I went from Marcus Amilichap to EXP Commercial. It's launched. And if you're interested in that, you should connect with Matt or I on that because we believe that's also very transformational as a way to align and connect with people who have different strategies and different ways of looking at the business so that we can all all grow and explore our business. So Matt, any, any thoughts on that? I definitely appreciate that. And I think, yeah, EXP for us has been amazing, a blessing here. And I see the commercial division growing tremendously. We have a great president right now. We're growing this team, 40,000 agents. The stock went up from $6 to $76 within the last year. That's about 500% gain. It's amazing. And people really need to see what's going on there and really open their eyes to understanding the model and how this is Netflix, this is Tesla, this is the in the real estate business, right? And it's not just a real estate brokerage, it's a tech company, it's a real estate company, it's a magazine company. We're creating real entrepreneurial generational wealth through the system and a, it's a platform that people need to understand what's gonna happen. By next year, I guarantee you, there are gonna be 80,000 people at the end of 2021. That's the goal, that's what they're gonna hit and they're gonna hit it because they're already in nine countries, right? Yeah, nine countries. And then and they also, too, realize that the leaders that you align with in the next one to three years 
right? With tax deferral strategies like the Deferred Sales Trust, with folks who have a residential and commercial experience like Matthew, who are doing podcasts or online or doing these things, as you align with these different leaders and you build and you, you you get underneath a, a, a team with an EXP, which is I, what I love, I get the best of all of each person's secrets. And then that helps me ultimately do what? Serve my client better, right? Because I have aligned financially and uh, with uh, leadership and with collaboration and with with experience to uh, to add more value. So that would just be the other thing I would plug for for EXP. It's so much more than what you think it is. I've been there for six months now. I wish I would have joined three and a half years ago. Um, but now uh, that I'm here, we're, we're exploding uh, that business as well. So um, if you're encouraged or interested, talk to Matthew. Great. Thanks so much. And I really believe in that too. And I think it's going to be a a life-changing thing. Everyone sees this. Everyone's talking about it. They'll just see what happened and has to wait and see, but hopefully they're not waiting too long. I waited a year and a half, but I wish I could have joined sooner too. But for everyone out there, feel free to check out our podcast, The Truth About Real Estate, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great day.